This is the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, brought to you by DrRoda.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. I am Sam Holt, joined as always by my wonderful co-host, Derek Tate. Derek, how are you today? Pre-season football has begun. So I'm fantastic. We've actually got something to sink our teeth into. You know, all this chatter, all of our talk, all of our analysis has just kind of been chit-chat up till this point. Now we get a chance to go ahead and match our analysis to the first glimpse we've gotten of preseason action. So I'm fantastic, Sam. How are you? It, I am good. It's so nice to finally have just football back. It's just a good feeling. You know, you feel like there's something missing from your life for so long, and then it just enters back in, and you're like, oh, this is what I've been missing. And you just feel complete. Or am I getting too deep? I'm probably getting too deep. No, you're definitely not getting too deep. <laughs> I, I go into hibernation, straight up depression mode for about like six months out of the year. Um, but it's, it's like it, it's like it's been raining and it's finally sunny. You know, it's just it, everything feels good and better. It's all fresh and clean. We got preseason to talk about. We've got hype trains to discuss. And we'll wrap it up with a bit more draft strategy to help everyone with their leagues as they get into all their drafts this month i feel like this is the heat of drafting month right up until the very last minute before the first game starts i feel like this is the time of the year that when i look down at my phone if i don't restrict or silence the notifications from sleeper i'm going to want to punch a hole through a nearby wall because it's just never ending as far as people talking about players and drafts and moves and all kinds of craziness so uh, oh yeah that that thing on your phone where it tells you how much time like screen time you've had for the week mine just like doubles no matter what every time i just i need to just turn that report off because i don't want to be feel i feel attacked whenever that thing comes on <laughs> you're looking at your phone too much it's football season you leave me alone anyways i will allow you to be the conductor of these hype trains as we Ooh. discuss who we people should be in on and who sh people should be passing on. So let's start off with who you have kind of near the top, I would say, of your hype trains that you've noticed leaving the station. I get to be conductor? You get to be conductor. Yeah, choo-choo, baby. Jump on board. It's time. Hype train. All right. Um, and I don't know why I'm talking like this. Like John Gruden, I'll tell you what, man, because it's because I set you up so well. Now you're like changing who you are. Oh, you know, <laughs> humility, Sam. You pat yourself on the back there. I know I set you up so good. Yep. There you go. Yep. Pat, pat, pat. All right. So first guy I want to talk about, and it's not a surprise, I don't think, to a lot of folks, but in two QB leagues, because we're going to get into that strategy a little bit later. Yep. Justin Fields is a guy that I said that I was targeting as my late round value in every draft, regardless, because I think that Justin Fields is going to be the starter before week we enter week three or four. Like he is that guy. You can tell just by looking at how he was poised, how the game looked pretty slow. Now, granted, it was Dalton who got the start. But I do not believe he's going to be the starting quarterback under center very long for the Chicago Bears because Justin Fields was, to me, very, very, very impressive. I mean, and you can even say the same. I thought I saw some great things from, from Zach Wilson. I saw some great things from Trevor Lawrence. But to me, the most impressive was Justin Fields. Now, we do want to keep an eye on the fact that he's dealing with a little bit of a groin injury. He may not play in week number two of the preseason, which is actually, it's okay with me, even though I would love for him to get those reps, but I'd rather him be 100% healthy. But as far as what you were looking for, Sam, as 
a debut for a quarterback at the next level, at this level, you want to make sure that the moment didn't look like it was moving too fast for him, that his feet, he looked uncomfortable, like he didn't show any of those concerning signs for a rookie making his NFL preseason debut. I thought he looked calm. I thought he looked collected. And I thought he looked accurate. And that is something that I think thought his game would translate very well to the National Football League. Matt Nagy isn't going to show you too much as far as RPOs and a lot of the other packages that Fields is going to get involved in um, throughout the rest of his rookie season. But again, I am immensely confident that you are getting Justin Fields at a major bargain on draft day. Take him, stock him away. His rushing floor is going to give you something reliable on a week-to-week basis. And he's also got Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. I think they're going to be just fine in the passing game. Fields is a home run of a hype train candidate for me later in drafts, in particular in two QB leagues. Certainly. And I mean, I know that I'm sure David Montgomery owners are going to be very happy to have someone that's going to help you know, boost that pass catching potential for him with someone like Fields under center. And as soon as I think, as soon as the game started, I think is when my phone first blew up on Justin Fields, because you can tell that the hype train is real and it is firing on all cylinders. Also, it's great when you go across all different types of platforms to find anything on a player and you see, you know, they, they have the player picture on most and everyone looks the same and consistent they clearly didn't have a picture for justin fields like up until like right after the game happened because it's oh, yeah. like a standard picture on everything and maybe because i'm a graphic designer i noticed this but it's like they clearly just grabbed whatever picture they could find and then just shoved it in there because all of a sudden everyone is looking up justin fields everyone is looking him up so his pictures are popping up and none of them are consistent <laughs> across the board it's always interesting to see how like the back-end development you know how that because yeah. we, we both have a little bit of a production background uh, in, in certain ways. It's, it is interesting to always look at those little fine-tuned details, uh, um, you know, whenever the player uh, pictures get loaded up for rookies and stuff. Yes, it's just, you can tell no one was ready. No one was ready for the train that was going to be Justin Fields and coming in hot. I mean, okay, so I'm also looking at rankings and across the board, you can see him jumping up everyone's rankings mm-hmm. after last week. So are you a little bit concerned that on draft day, maybe in a single or sorry, maybe in a two quarterback league, the price is going to go too high on him in the next coming weeks? For me, no, because I'm a believer. So yeah, if I'm the conductor of the hype train, I have to say, hey, I'm on board with whatever his price is. Uh, So again, I believe he's going to be the starter uh, very, very, very soon uh, because Chicago fans are clamoring for this guy. I thought thought he looked better than Andy Dalton. I mean, and that's not saying very much, but no, you know, again, it's only a matter of time. And they, this organization, Matt Nagy in particular, and GM Ryan Pace are kind of, they bet on Justin Fields by trading up to go get him. So it makes sense. They've got a, at least a roster that can compete uh, they made the playoffs last year with Trubisky and Falls under center. I mean, if they just get consistent quarterback play, this yeah. team could actually do some, make a little bit of noise in the NFC, I think. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be very long. Fields is somebody that I'm 100% confident is going to have the starting gig sooner rather than later. And he, you will reap the fantasy benefits of him being your quarterback too, or a streaming option, even if it's a QB1 league. Gotcha. And definitely, would you feel it gets a bit more of a smoke smoke and mirrors thing with Andy Dalton coming out and saying that, you know, Justin Fields is nice, but this is his job to start with. This is his time to shine. 
I mean, he can say whatever he wants, uh, and the organization can say whatever they want. They ain't fooling me. The, the, the proof is in the pudding, and, and Fields, um, that that stadium, that fan base has been clamoring for a, a quarterback that they can get excited around for a very, very, very long time. So it's it's Chicago, better days are ahead. Justin Fields has arrived, baby. Love it. All right, so then who, who's the next person on your list in terms of hype trains that you're either on or off or the ones that you've noticed passing through the station, I guess. <laughs> One that I'm much more optimistic about than I originally thought was Terrace Marshall Jr. The rookie of LSU. Um, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought that he looked good with PJ Walker. Um, you know, a nice little stat line, three receptions. Um, big play to start, start his NFL preseason debut. I, they run up a, a lot of 11 personnel there in Carolina. So, I mean, we, what we saw it with Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore last year, I do think that Terrace Marshall, who's very familiar with this Joe Brady offensive scheme from back at his LSU days, fits in like a glove. And they moved him around the formation, too. I kind of associate him with like a, a boundary outside prototypical wide receiver they moved him around the formation, which means it kind of signifies that they're going to want him to do multiple things in this offense. So I think it was an incredibly encouraging debut across the board from production, from snaps, from usage for Terrace Marshall Jr. And I actually think he's going to be a, a nice sneaky buy at the wide receiver position uh, later in drafts. I'm really high on on Terrace Marshall. I mean, when we were talking about um, rookies coming into this season and we were looking at Jamar Chase and we we're looking at this group, this cluster of wide receivers coming out of LSU um, over the last two years. And also in that class, you have to talk about Justin Jefferson because he was in amongst that cluster as well. Mm -hmm. This is a crazy talented group of wide receivers that are used to playing with high caliber, equally talented wide receivers. So they know how to share the ball. They know how to share the field and they know how to then make themselves open and available to these plays. So for me, I feel like Jamar Chase was the higher one that everyone's talking about. Oh, he's going to go first. And then as soon as he landed with Burrow, everyone's really excited about him. But I love the consistency of Terrace Marshall Jr. I feel like he has a far better um, catch stat. And I think that his just overall consistency when being targeted is far higher than the others. So to me, I like him just a little bit more. And considering right. how late you're going to get him, I love the value there. Because I feel like as we get closer, Jamar Chase is probably going to skyrocket up just because with the Dobro connection, we're going to see a bit more of him. I'm definitely going to see more of him probably tomorrow. So I just feel like... He, I agree. Marshall's the sneaky one. I want the sneaky one. If we're if we're talking, about, I mean, Chase is highly priced though. I he's mean, fantastic, so, but he's so high a price right now. Yeah, his his price tag. You're paying a premium. You're paying yeah. what, like a fifth or a sixth round premium for Jamar Chase. And yep. don't be wrong. I do think as much correlation as there is about uh, optimism and excitement with Jamar Chase playing with his college quarterback and, and Joe Burrow there in mm -hmm. Cincinnati. Why not get just as excited? for a rookie Terrace Marshall Jr. that is getting drafted and walking into an offense that he's already comfortable with and knows the terminology from his yep. days in college. Like, that is just as important for any rookie, much less a wide receiver, transitioning from college to the NFL. So I'm, I'm with you. Like, the price tag is much more enticing for Terrace Marshall Jr.
Definitely. I love having um, names. <laughs> I love having names like his right there next to me on draft day so that when we're, you're getting towards the later rounds and, you know, you're just grabbing these flyers. These are those players that you're going to have to scroll quite a bit to find in the lineups. But it's so worth it when you find him and you see that he's still available and you just snag him because everyone else in your league is going to say, shit. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, I forgot about him. And you're going to hear that a lot. And then you're going to be like, yes, I remembered. <laughs> from the fancy debate with Sam and Tate, Tater and Sam saying how high they were on Terrace Marshall. So don't miss out on this train, but give me another one. Cause I feel like I know that we were talking um, off air about some players and I know that there's one you have coming up that I am off of and will not be joining a part of. Please tell me. Well, hold on. First off, I, no, I want you to go ahead and do the choo-choo for this one because I'm I'm excited about this player. And, you know, even though you're you're kind of hating a little bit already, I haven't even said his name, and you're already hating. That's I not just I feel it. That ruins the reveal, Sam. All right, fine, whatever. Choo-choo, it's time to get on board with Giovanni Bernard being the best buy of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield. Look, don't. Don't throw up on the mic. Relax. You know, I, you know, for, for those listening in and tuning into our podcast, Sam is um, Dry heaving. Very, very descriptive <laughs> with her face. He looks like she's the sick emoji where it's like, you know, about to throw up. It's all green. Anyway, point being Giovanni Bernard though. Right. So one thing we want to take a look at is there are certain teams and Bruce Arians, a little bit old school goes ahead and even gives the goat Tom Brady a series to start preseason action even though they're the defending super bowl champions but one thing that we saw guess who came in on third down giovanni bernard and have we not seen even back to the tan for to the new england days with james white danny woodhead anybody that is a pass catching aficionado even kevin falk once upon a time they can carve out a role if they can earn tom brady's trust and in this offense last year both Rojo and Leonard Fournette saw 40 plus targets and neither of them are pass catching specialists, Sam. I mean, Rojo's had some horrible drops during his career and yeah, once upon a time, Fournette caught 70 passes with the Jags, but that was strictly out of like necessity and, and lack of other options. Giovanni Bernard is easily the best pass catching back in this Tampa Bay offense and you're getting him at practically nothing. So in deeper PPR leagues, I feel confident that Giovanni Bernard is going to be a fringe flex option in deeper leagues. And you don't look impressed. But that's the type of stuff we're looking for right now, Sam, in preseason. I I hear it. I get it. It makes sense. The volume that you get. I And the way that Brady likes to play, too, it's like every week he's going to make a different guy the guy. And for me, that's that that's my my reservation is like is it going to be that consistent week in and week out with every single game that you're going to have a good enough floor with Bernard to have him someone that slid, slid in at your flex position I just I don't see his floor being that high could he have some big games sure I can hear that in, in terms of the targets and the way they use pass catching backs but I mean and I don't want to compare him to Keyshawn Vaughn because I know that he's a rookie that just was there oh, and God. disappeared. He's not even, you know, he I think even been a blip on the radar. No. I don't know if he has a locker with his name on it anymore, but he's still present in in Tampa, apparently. But I just don't know that this offense can support that many backs. 
Well, I don't that's, know if the pretty I mean, can. But that's what I'm trying to say is like of the best buys, I believe in PPR formats that he is going to be the best buy because the other two, I mean, and we're going to have these similar situations. Speaking of like, um, you know, hype trains that we're off of or that we're mm-hmm. concerned about, right? We're talking about like three headed monsters, you know, somewhere like Jacksonville where James Robinson is the incumbent like thousand yard rusher. Uh, who actually had a pretty damn good year as an undrafted rookie and got the start against the Cleveland Browns in week number one of the NFL preseason, along with Trevor Lawrence. And we saw Carlos Hyde, who, again, familiar with Urban Meyer. And Meyer even said when they brought in Carlos Hyde that Hyde's going to be like a one-two punch with James Robinson and Travis Etienne's going to be the third down back. And right now, Etienne's the, the most expensive of all the backs. Uh, or at least I've seen him go consistently the highest of all the Jacksonville running backs of these three headed committees. I want the guy that's the cheapest in yeah. generally. I want the guy who's going to get the most passing down work because again, run like carries in a PPR, unless they're incredibly efficient or you you're scoring touchdowns, which are very tough to predict. That's the hardest thing to go ahead and diagnose. So what I think is Bernard is going to be the most reliable out of this Tampa Bay backfield. And not to mention, look at all the options they have there. You don't think that that's going to clear some things up for checkdowns and and matchups against linebackers and such for Giovanni Bernard? I mean, I get it. The volume is the thing. Yeah, the volume is the question. And then the consistency for me is the other question, just because, you know, you can have all of these options, but not everyone is going to eat week in and week out. And so for me, I, I see Bernard having a couple big weeks and it's going to be a really fun DFS play when you slide him in there at your flex position and it hits that week. But I don't know that I am comfortable rostering him and starting him week in and week out. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have my qualms. I'm just not there. I'm not there. I'm just price tag wise. I He's get the price. I get it. I get the price. It just, it makes me physically ill. <laughs> again, again, well, it's not supposed to be physically ill. You don't, you don't go into your fantasy drafts targeting. I want Giovanni Bernard. Like I'm going to base my team around him. He's yeah. Like you've already mentioned before when you're checking out at the grocery store, he's the, he's the, I like, he's like that little, um, you know, Hey, grab one of these, you know, on your way out. Like, like you said, he's, I don't know how to I, what what's the way that you explained it it's it's just a little throw in to the very end of the shopping experience that's what I'm saying Giovanni Bernard is it's like the magazine you don't really need and you're like exactly. I guess I'll I guess I'll get that and I probably won't read it but I'll Correct. throw that in Something like that. <laughs> that's exactly right. what Giovanni Bernard is Gotcha. All right. Well, you you mentioned it just a moment ago, but let's hear a little bit more about the Travis Etienne because I know I see him going really, really high and I was getting really concerned for James Robinson, but I'm excited to see that he might not be going away as fast as some people think. Yeah. I mean, in particular, so I want to talk about a couple backfields real quick for like buyer beware, right? Sure. Right. Current price tags. Miles Gaskin's another one. Okay. Um, they brought in Malcolm Brown in the offseason, right? We, no one was really concerned about Malcolm Brown showing up in, in Miami. And uh, Miles Gaskin, although I think he looked ex- exponentially better than Malcolm Brown, I think he is a better player than Malcolm Brown. We saw it last year to start the season that Malcolm Brown was a thorn in the side of Cam Akers. And there's things that Malcolm Brown does well 
that apparently warrants enough consideration for him to get the start in week one of the NFL preseason. Now, could that just be a veteran potential, you know, throw him a bone type of thing? It could be. But right now, from what I saw with first team reps, Malcolm Brown outsnapped and outtouched Miles Gaskin considerably in week one of the preseason against the Bears. So Gaskin right now, I think he's going like fifth, sixth round. It's a little, it, it, it's concerning. I would not be as bullish on pulling the trigger on him as I once was based off of just that little bit of information that we got from week one of the preseason. Okay. I mean, I wasn't high on Gaskin anyways, and I'm not really high on many Miami players. So that's that's a train I can get off of with you. I understand. Okay. I get the I get the ADP where he's going. And if you're that concerned with Malcolm Brown, who I did like in LA, I don't think that he should be forgotten. And then if, you know, maybe a late round flyer or something comes up or someone to keep an eye out on the waiver wire at the very least, depending on how week one and week two play out when the season starts, I definitely think that, you know, he has he has some good consistency. I think he's a great, I think he's a good back. Um I but I, I, I Ahmed looked good too. I mean Yeah. And I I think that they're still working out a lot of things in Miami. So I don't know the how how much you can hang your hat on right now on how that offense is going to look. It's just worth raising an eyebrow and definitely monitoring into week two and the rest of the preseason. Like just like that. Yep. Like the people's eyebrow, the rock, the people's champion. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Wait. So do you have another player that you're off of before we switch to draft strategy? Yeah. I mean, you know, ETN is definitely the other one. We already kind of mentioned him. Uh, Travis ETN. If they drafted him in the first round, which it's hard to wrap your mind around, you know, okay, Urban Meyer, you went ahead and spent first round draft capital on Travis Etienne at the running back position. Yet we saw two backs rotated into the rotation before Travis Etienne. So, I mean, how much value does Travis Etienne really have right now? I mean, you can't answer it confidently. So... I'm not paying a sixth-round price tag for a guy that I don't know what his damn role is going to be. I have no idea what his snaps are going to be, his touches are going to be. There's a lot of unknown in that Jacksonville offense, and that's a bit too high of a price tag to pay for someone that looked like he was third on the depth chart and probably going to get third down work to start off his NFL career. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Um is there anyone else that you have to talk about before I switch to this quarterback conversation? No, go ahead and switch. Okay, I mean, let's go yeah, ahead and switch train, it over. Train is moving on to the next stop. On to the next stop. We're continuing with our draft strategies and talking about, um, specifically today, I want to talk about the quarterback position because in Superflex versus single quarterback, obviously the ADP of all quarterbacks completely shifts, and it should. And if you don't follow and mock in that proper way, you're going to miss out or – or stack your team in a matter that when you look back, you're going to be regretting your decision. Obviously everything changes depending on which position you draft them. And I was doing mocks in lots of different positions for this, but let's first talk about single quarterback and just where you want to aim for a quarterback in a single, single QB format. Obviously I'm still someone that's always going to advocate for the end of the draft or last couple picks, throwing in a second quarterback just to have them rostered on your bench because I'm someone that doesn't like 
hunting the waiver wire for a quarterback later, and I'd rather get value where I can before the season starts. But when I was going through and I tried to go quarterback early, I really didn't like how my team shook out for single quarterback. It's just something that I've just been noticing, and I really like aiming for a quarterback in that fourth, fifth, even sixth round position because I feel like they're going to fall later and you're going to get good value for a great quarterback in those positions. I'm with you on, I don't want to spend any of my first three round picks on a quarterback. Now, if you want to go ahead and just have like a top five or a top seven, and then whoever falls to that four, fifth, sixth round, then go ahead and pull the trigger. Whether you like Dak Prescott, uh, whether you have like Aaron Rodgers in there, whether it's, you know, obviously Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. Then there's Lamar Jackson. Of course, there's Patrick Mahomes, who will probably be the first off the board in most cases. Even Tom Brady. I mean, I, I personally, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. I think no, I know. And he's going so much higher than he was last year. And it's just making me laugh because I mean, I was super low on him last year. Cause I'm like, how can he still be that good? It's like, it's exhausting. We've been talking about him for too long. <laughs> too you're long. Ready, you're ready to move on. I'm ready to move forward to this season because go Bucks. But anyway, um, <laughs> I know I forgot. I forgot the flag that was flying behind you. My yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm um, wearing the shirt too. The old cream sickles. Oh yeah, you like it. Amazing. Um, okay, but there's a, so to me like there's that elite tier, and you brought it up of those top three were you know Josh Allen, uh, Mahomes. Uh, I feel like Kyler Murray is sliding up there and Rogers is up there, that elite tier. But then there's the next chunk of quarterbacks that I really like. And I like that Dak Prescott is still kind of falling into that tier for me at the beginning of the next tier, at least. And I like that I can get him so much later and be far more secure in my running back and wide receiver positions by the time I get to him. That makes me more excited. Right. I mean, so you have him and then you also have someone like Justin Herbert comes mm-hmm. to mind. Um, yep. You know, Herbert in particular, I believe, is teed up uh, to have a, a top 10 fantasy season uh, to follow up what was a, a fantastic rookie year. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a handful. of. I, I think that there's really about eight to 10 quarterbacks that I'd feel really damn good about just, you know, again, letting one fall to you somewhere around the fifth or sixth round rather than investing that top capital in a one QB league. And even if you miss the boat on all those top 10 guys, go ahead and pair them with like, then go Jalen hurts. And mm-hmm. I, I like just, I love Justin Fields. Yep. Um, you can go kind of like a streaming option in, in, in that manner. Joe Burrow is somebody else that I really like Matthew Stafford. I think I uh, love without, Matthew without, Stafford this year. Cam Akers is going to be somebody else that I really want to keep an eye on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's not a shortage of quarterbacks, but if you don't hit on one of those top 10 in the first six, seven rounds, I have no problem waiting and just drafting two and playing matchups because uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I, I'm, I'm, I think could have the potential to go ahead and surprise and make an appearance in the top 10 that you can get past round 10. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And in a single quarterback league, if I'm going to wait and intentionally wait a long time on quarterback, Stafford is someone that I have high on my list for that waiting on quarterback position just because I love him in the McVay offense. I love his arm in that McVay offense. I just love the volume that you're going to get with him. And he's got amazing receivers at hand that he can work with and give you some amazing fantasy value this season immediately. Um, Switching to Superflex, though, 
a player that I like as my second quarterback a lot because he keeps dropping. And it's going to be because players like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to get the hype and they're going to keep moving up. So when people are stacking those two quarterbacks, right. he's going to keep falling. Matt Ryan, I still really like as a second quarterback in two okay. QB leagues. He's, you know, talk about someone we've been talking about for years and on and off of for different years. He's still got over 4,000 yards in what the last over 4,500 yards in the last at least what eight seasons he's consistently high in terms of volume and that offense is going to continue to be high volume because they do still struggle in the defensive positions in a little ways offensive line I think I like the floor I like that you're still gonna get a lot of volume with Matt Ryan really late value okay can I make a counter can I make a counter argument real quick just real quick only because I was so mean about Gene Barney Bernard, but yes. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, so there's a new head coach in town, right? Sure. Last, last time I checked, Arthur Smith. Mm-hmm. Didn't they run the ball a lot there in Tennessee last year? And the yeah, year they did. They did. Dude, I'm sorry, is Derrick Henry on the Falcons? Yeah, but I also ask this: is 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 Julio Jones on the Falcons anymore? No, Mike Davis is, but he oh. also likes to catch no, no, the ball no, too. I'm just saying though, Julio who was a perennial 1,400-yard receiver and his number one guy and helped really drive a lot. That was the driving force behind a lot of those stats that Matt Ryan has put up during his NFL career or during his entire NFL career. I'm just simply pointing out that Julio Jones is no longer in town. I understand we all love Kyle Pitts, but he is a rookie, and we don't know exactly how this offense. It's no longer being spearheaded by Dirk Cutter calling the plays, which he just likes to throw the ball over the Dan Yard. And sure. the defense, we'll see if they get any better. They may be playing from behind a, a lot. So there's still there's still going to be some volume there in that Atlanta offense. I just don't think that Matt Ryan's going to lead the NFL in pass attempts this year. I don't, I'm not, and that's why I'm, I'm not saying he's going to lead the NFL in pass attempts. I'm saying if for a second quarterback in fantasy leagues, for a high floor of someone that you're going to get that late, that's going to give you that volume. I like it. And I hear you on Kyle Pitts, but I raise you a Russell gauge because I do like him <laughs> sliding in and being that wide receiver. That's going to pick up a lot of those targets. And I know you like Russell gauge too. I know you do. Uh, I do like Russell gauge and he's fine. It's just, they're not named Julio Jones. Sure. And I'm not saying that he's going to be Julio, but I'm saying there is another guy. There's not a void. I mean, there is a void because you don't have that talent of Julio. However, you got a guy there and Russell Gage is young. He's got a lot of great talent. And I think that he's going to pick up a lot of those targets and run with them very well. I'm just saying, I I like that people are forgetting Matt Ryan so that I can pick him up for really late value in super flex leagues. I feel you on that. There's a couple other veteran guys that I think are worth taking a look at. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Sam Darnold. I like both of them too. I love both of them as well. I'm really excited for Sam Darnold. I feel like he finally has the correct coaching staff and weapons around him to make him successful. So for me, I also am really high on Sam Darnold. Um, Also helps that Christian McCaffrey's there too. Just throw Donald. that helps anyone. That helps anyone's value. Crying that out loud. My value if I was under center. Yeah. I'll just throw it to Christian McCaffrey on checkdowns all day. And then you just keep winning. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Do you have any other quarterbacks that you like in Superflex oh. leagues? Oh, well, in Superflex leagues, again, I, I'm I'm huge 
on Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, any of those players as my number two guy, I think will be all right because I think that they can all add something as far as a rushing floor and capabilities. Um, but also they're on, well, not Fields in particular, but Wilson and, and Lawrence are on bad teams, which means they're going to be have probably a lot of a high volume of throwing the football quite a bit. So at least, at least to start the season, I, I, I they're going to have some rookie moments, but I like all, I, I know you're saying that you think they're all going to be jumping up the draft board because there's rookie hype. I think that there's rookie hype for a reason with those three players. I get it. I hear it. We all saw rookie quarterbacks have success last season as well. So everyone's thirsting for the next big rookie quarterback that's going to win them their league. And I get that. Um, but what I what I want to just end this on quickly, because we're going long, which doesn't normally happen. Actually, sometimes we do. It happens quite a bit, actually. But we get off the rails. I understand. Um, just different stacks of those two quarterback formats that I really like. I do like Matt Ryan as my second. So in a lot of different formats, I've ended up with uh, Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan or okay. Kyler Murray and Matt Ryan. I've also ended up with Kyler Murray and Trevor Lawrence. Love that stack a lot. Love the youth. Love the, the floor for both of them. Um, I think that what you want to do in that position is just set yourself up for a player that's going to have a high floor. And that's ultimately what you want instead of sacrificing and going early. And of course, you're not going to lose your league if you draft Patrick Mahomes with the first overall pick in a super flex league. You're not going to lose your league, but you want to set yourself up to have the most winners across the board at every position. And I think that's kind of the argument that I'm putting forward. Derek Carr comes to mind, too, then. You're okay. talking about a floor that... I, I think that Derek Carr is chronically underrated and very reliable in a two yeah. QB league. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I, I don't know if I'm that high on Carr this year, but you, then I remember that he has Darren Waller and then I feel better about it. Steady Eddie. I mean, again, the uh, speaking of pipe dreams, Brian Edwards, that thing's blowing up again, like it did last preseason. And, you know, Terrell, Holmes, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to break out like pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Just relax. Yep. It is bound to happen. All right. I'll go ahead and wrap this up, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. Check out all the other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord right here at DrRoto.com. Have a wonderful day. Until next time, everybody. Later, says the Tater, and enjoy week two of the NFL preseason. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out DrRoto.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.